It's Legends Territory, Kratz, I'm Braun, and if you love what you're watching, if you're on YouTube, you can also listen on Apple or on Spotify. Just type in Legends Territory, and thanks to the MLB Players Alumni Association for setting up all these great conversations, super candid, uncensored, the whole deal. And if you want more on your favorite former players, hit up baseballalumni.com. Let's roll in our next guest. He's fast as hell. He was a speed monster from the early 2000s. 14-year big leaguer, 2003 World Series title with the Marlins, led baseball in stolen bases in 03 and 2010, finished inside the top 20 in stolen bases in MLB history. Juan Pierre is here, your boy. JP. What's up? What's up, guys? Thanks for the time. How you been? And I've been good, man. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be on here with you guys. Yeah, of course. He's got the whole deal behind him, too. I mean, did you just get a fresh workout in? Yeah, trying, trying. I knew I was going to be on with Kratz, man. Kratz was always doing all this stuff and had the, the ball in the middle of the outfield and throwing. He was a workout nut when I played with him, so I had to show it off that I was doing something at least. Um, Stop it. Stop it, Juan. You got, you got them old school pre-core things back there. You were always in there. You were in there before. Like, JP, JP was one of the guys that when I – I mean, when I came up, I was, we played in 13 together. No, in 12 yeah. together, 2012. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I'm 32 years old. I'm just at the beginning of my career because I took a while to get up there. And JP's towards the end of his career. The next year, you went to Miami. And I told you, you can't go to Miami. You can't go home and expect to ever play again if you're not going to be at home because you were loving being at home. But. Mm. I watched you every single day, and we were joking about before this, you playing pickleball and stuff. The way you prepared, I'm surprised you don't do some, like, ladder drill stuff just to get ready to go play pickleball and some hurdle <laughs> stuff. You were prepared every single day, so don't don't put it out there that you weren't, you weren't doing stuff. You, you got what you – you put in what you got out of your career for sure. It, it was survival, man, survival. I wasn't always – guy i was and when you got to baseball was t- trending another way so i was headed out just because my game wasn't wasn't what looking for you know at toward the back end of my career but uh it was survival by that time i was a a bench guy when me and Kratzy came so i was like man i might get one at bat i better be ready for it or come in and pinch run or the opportunities was late so i knew i had to be that spot on you know even at that that stage of my career I want to get right to the longevity and the durability, really, of when you're playing and and you're playing a position that can really take a toll on the body and you play a style of game that can really take a toll and often can lead to injuries for players. So help me clarify here. Is it true that you appeared in 821 consecutive games, but some rule with a pinch runner separated that streak. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does that yeah, no, exactly. Look, Jack McKeon, man. Jack McKeon set me. We were playing the uh, Nationals, you know what I mean? And and I didn't start that game. It was whatever. I think, I don't know, it was probably four or 500 games at that point. I don't know. And he pinched, pinch ran, but I didn't know the rules at that time. And then they, uh, said the rules, so I was like, oh, well. You know, I wasn't trying to be Kyle Ripken. I just wanted to be available <laughs> whenever the team needed me. Does that mean – did that mean a lot to you at that time? Yeah, yeah. It's just the fact of, of teammates, knowing that they can count on me every day. Like you said, I played 
I ran, you know, diving back, getting picked off. I would have loved to only could throw over three times. I remember guys used to throw over like eight times in a row when I played. Um, but, you know, getting jammed fingers, legs sore, but I always wanted to be be out there for the guys and um, just to be able to compete. So it did mean a lot. Uh, one of my things that I love most in my career, I believe it's 2004. 2004, I played every inning in every game. And that's why I tell those guys that play now, and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, bro, I just wanted to be out there every single game. And it worked. You had an unbelievable career. If you look up your baseball reference, there's a lot of bold. Bold is good on baseball <laughs> reference. Hell yeah. A yeah. lot of bold. And, that, and, and for players, that means a lot, especially when the left side is bold, where you got games played, you got GP. Yeah. JP is going to have GP. And every day this man was out there. Till the and it, this this goes just more to your character because then we're gonna get into like baseball stuff. Juan Juan would go out there and I'm telling I'm talking at you instead of talking with you, but Juan mm. would go out there. He'd have his hat under his helmet for BP every single day. He would carry his glove when we stretched every <laughs> single day. But the thing that really was a character thing for me with Juan, he was in the starting lineup. He wasn't a bench – you weren't an all-bench player that year no, no. with, the, with the Phillies. Mm. Yeah, you were part-time, maybe three-quarter time. Mm. He was out there for group three every single day. He would stay out there on the road for group three of BP, and he was in the starting lineup. Starting lineups go group one and group two, and then they usually go in, catch a mm-hmm. snack, and be out there early. JP was out there for group three, and he always – I asked him why, and he was like, because everyone else is out here. Why shouldn't I be? Yeah. And another thing is, like, you guys shag for me when I hit. Why can't I shag for you guys when you guys hit? So, uh, yeah, it was just something. It was second nature. Like, I didn't do it for any other reason than uh, trying to be the best teammate I could be. Uh, always trying to pull for guys, even, even you know, because baseball so hard, you know, and baseball gets so individualized where guys are just all about me, me, me. And I really always tried to put the team first. You know, you, you get a little selfish as far as that, but I always tried to put the team first and what I could do to help the team. And, you know, and it, it, it's the poison of you that, that, like, when you were older but younger guy, to take notice in that I wanted the younger, like, Dom was coming up. We had Mayberry, all those younger guys to realize, like, it's about being a good teammate over all the other stuff. All the other stuff will come, but you got to try to be the best teammate you could be. And you won a World Series, part of being why you were a good teammate, too. That mm-hmm. that plays. And being a good teammate, you're a good man for the rest of your life. So that's a that's yeah. a huge that's a huge notch in your belt. Now let's talk about some other notches in your belt. And I'm not talking about ice cream that mm-hmm. you're that you were eating before games. I'm talking about stolen bases. Mm. Talk me through you stealing bases, because you and I talked about this a lot as a catcher. I always wanted to pick your brain to like you know, and you got one of your memorable stolen bases against me. I'm pretty sure you were out, but Come we didn't on. have we didn't have the we didn't have you got yeah we didn't have this. You were one <laughs> year you were one year away, but I'm pretty sure you were out. But you stole third base. Talk to me about what the game is now, and how many bags you think you would have had in your prime, your best year. Oh man, um, the way it's played now, even with the what they call it, the pizza boxes bases now. Um, without the throwovers or my good, yeah, I mean, I, I would have think I would like to think I could have got to like ninety. I wouldn't say a hundred. I think my best year was sixty-eight, so at least eighty. I think I could got at least twelve more 
15 more with these rules in place and um especially with the technology too because uh uh it's even better now of like picking brains of when guys are coming over and, and doing all the stuff the leg work um but again the stolen base for me i mean i, I really enjoy stealing bases but it was again trying to get in scoring position i was trying to get the third base with less than two outs for the guy behind me you know i didn't just steal bases to, to steal bases it always was a purpose. I was trying to get because you can steal all the bases you want, and you don't score the run, and it's all for nothing. So the, the the main goal was just try to score a run and to make it easier for the guys behind me, so they didn't have to get a hit. Um, but uh, these days, I think I, I would like to say I would get eighty five to ninety. I wouldn't say a hundred. My own base wasn't that good, but uh, eighty five to ninety, I think I could have could have pulled it off. But it's fun to see. It's fun to see guys running Acuna's. I mean, he's unbelievable. So uh, to see the stolen base back, uh, definitely, it's fun for me to watch, and and, and hopefully other people and and continue to trend that way. Will this create more athleticism in the game in terms of the players that decide to play baseball? Because you might say, "Hey, dude, you're fast as hell. You can get on base good enough. Maybe you know power is so valued, but maybe it's valued like a little bit less. If there's a guy that's so freaking fast that he can put together." 80 plus bases because it has become easier to steal bags. Do you think that helps the sport overall and actually creates players like that? Um, I hope so, you know, and you got the big key component is that is the analytic part, you know, the analytics say that you shouldn't do this or do that. Then most teams don't, but I'm, I'm, I mean, it's helping that Acuna's on the Braves and they're, they're definitely scoring runs at an enormous rate, but I think so. Even with the shift, you got to get more athletic guys in there, um, to try to, to, you know, even get to balls and stuff like that. So I think it's trending back to kind of like the 80s, you know, the the Ozzie Smiths and the, those St. Louis Cardinals team, Vince Coleman, those kind of – I don't think you'll get to that point because everybody ran in. But to mix it in, you don't want a whole team full of boppers. I think it's – you know, you got to have your speed guys. Of course, you're going to have your boppers in the middle and guys that can do a little bit of both. Hopefully it comes back to more well-rounded baseball instead of just uh, – the exit velocity and the launching. I know I would have been, I wouldn't have played. My, I know my exit velocity probably was like 89, 90 on most of my hits. I used to use a crack bat on purpose. <laughs> so I in front of the outfielder. Why? <laughs> I, it, just, it just brings me back to the different times that you would talk to me about, like, you know, how everybody tries to get the good bats. Yeah. I'm looking for the Soul I'm food. looking for the telephone. I'm looking for the yeah. bat that just like soaked that bat. Just, just yeah. soft wood. Joy, yeah. joy like stick newspaper. it through. <laughs> yeah, sound like newspaper. That's the bat I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I would hit the ball with all my might, it wouldn't get to the warning track. Being out, they would catch it. I'm like, that ain't for me, man. So I think that really helped me a little with my career. Cause even in the monolies, I was like that. I'm like, all right, I gotta learn how to bunt, get on base. Cause I mean, I'm hitting the ball with all my might. It's not it's not even a threat of home run. So I better be you know, with line drives and balls on the ground and miss on top. But you now, now, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if this was just something that you said back in 2012, but how many power swings would you get a year? Because you told us how many power swings you would get a year. I I I can't remember the exact number, maybe five. Yep. (laughs) I had about about five in me, you know, and I would hate if I used one up when like the wind was blowing in or somewhere at a big park. I'm like, man, I wasted that swing. Yep, there was a ball. There was a ball hit to the wall, and it was caught. It was a sack fly, so it scored the run. And it was to right field, and you said, 
That was one. That was you said Kratz. So that was one of my five power swings. <laughs> so, so it's not that you didn't have any power. It's just you didn't have a need for power. Exactly. Exactly. I, and and you've seen it, Kratz. A lot of guys that had that in between power, mm. and they try to lean on the power side, and they would go to batting two twenty, two forty. I'm glad I never had that. I had never had that uh, temptation to hit for power because I knew the best case scenario I might get the eight maybe ten home runs on a really good year uh, and it wasn't worth it for me but uh, some guys will try to get they could probably hit 20 or 15 and they will go all out and hit 220 230 and they'll be going out the league in like two years yep do you ever wonder if you just power lifted your ass off for an offseason just to see what happens like upper body the tree trunk legs the whole deal um you know work yeah. out with, with with some of those dudes that were just going crazy especially in the early 2000s what it but, would have turned into or you're like nah not interested yeah nah i'm I, I, i'm doing travel ball now so i have like a 12 u team so it's the last year they're like in the 200 fields where they they hit home runs i said Bro, enjoy it. Because after I turn like 13, whatever, to, I have never hit a home run again. Once they move the <laughs> back to 300, 315, I never hit home runs in high school. I never hit them in college. Like, So I was never tempted to to bulk up and, and do anything, man. It was – it was know, know thyself. That's what they say in baseball. You got to know who you are. And our college coach said we got ants and bulls. We don't want bulls trying to be ants, and we don't want ants to be bulls. So I knew I was an ant early in my career so i just i sold out to it and i would make fun like that's one time you will see me smile on the field when i would get i got 18 career home runs i guarantee you give me five more years i can get that at two two more to get to 20 you know <laughs> you give me five i need about five years i get yeah i get, get to 20 home runs but uh i always joke with guys though you know i, I remember hitting one in petco when petco first open and it was a big they was you know yeah. it wasn't when they moved to fist or that ryan klesko bronze all these guys were complaining about the field is too the field is too big so i happened to hit one out man and i came back in the door like man this is a band box man what are you guys talking about man <laughs> feel is so short so I, I i would give it give guys trouble when i when i did hit a home run that's for sure that's probably why i didn't hit them yep yep <laughs> hey, I, would, hey. I would talk a lot of noise not to the opposing team, to, to my teammates. You were you were motivating them because then they're looking around <laughs> like, damn, Juan's talking shit. Yep. I got to get my shit together. Hey, you also had a one-up on probably just about every teammate. Your name was dropped um, in a verse in a Jay-Z song. So can you take us through, first of all, I'm sure you know the line. So can you give it to us? Can you give us the background of like when you found out that you were in a very popular song? <laughs> Um, yes, this was like 06. So it was like two years, two, two years, three years after the World Series. But that's the only time I ever met or seen like Jay-Z because he had like tickets right with the Yankees right on the visiting side there. And I remember going out on the field, like doing the World Series and all he was like, hey, man, slow down. I was like, I can't. And that was it. That's the only interaction I ever had with uh, Jay-Z. And then fast forward, what, 2005 to six when the song came out, I was playing with the Cubs then. So my sister actually called because she's in um she lives in Houston. She's like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you're in a Jay-Z and Beyonce. So I'm like, what? Not me. I mean, they, they may be talking about somebody else. They're like, no, they say your whole name. I'm like, no way. So of course back then it wasn't like, you know, you guys couldn't go on Apple or whatever and find the song. You know, you had to 
dig it up a little bit. So I got a teammate, Will Oldman. He was big on all that computer stuff. So I looked it up. And it actually said my whole name, Juan Pierre. So I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I was like, I have arrived. It doesn't matter about <laughs> the World Series. No, you know what I mean? It's like big leagues, about four or five years at that point. Now you got dropped in the Jay-Z zone. That's like you solidify, especially for the brothers. You know, brothers don't watch baseball anyway. So yeah, you play baseball, what? So I go back home and the brother's like, man, you in the Jay-Z zone. They're like, you the man now. They don't, they don't talk about the World Series. None of that is like, Jay-Z mentioned you, you good. Would you rather be in the Hall of Fame or have your name in the <laughs> Jay-Z song? I'm serious. I mean, man. for some people, like you're in a legendary rapper song, that's more, yeah. well, I want to say more prestigious. It's more rare, for sure. Rare, yeah. For a baseball player to be in, in rap, you know what I mean? Usually they go to basketball, football mm -hmm. routes, but... And it's Jay-Z and Beyonce song. So it's like you got a double whammy right there. So, yeah, I mean, you were for sure. We talk about rarity. We missed we missed the stolen bases. The stolen bases and the strikeouts. You're a one of you know, you're the only one that was born after the Civil War. You were born just a little bit, a little <laughs> bit after little that. Bit. Just a little bit. That has five hundred plus stolen bases and under five hundred strikeouts in your career. Wow. You know that? Did, did did not realize that. Um, well, that just that's go bad. back to yeah. I know that just go back to the old wiffle ball days with my brother in the back. You, you know, you used to play strikeout with your brothers, and you know, wiffle ball is like, bro, you got to put the ball in play. Like you strike out, like that's how you lose the game. And I kind of always to a fault because sometimes I wouldn't swing through pitches, especially the change up. I would slow my bat up and ground right back to the pitcher. Uh, <laughs> Hated that part of it, but it, we're always taught, hey, man, you got to put the ball in play. You can't strike out. Like, you know what I mean? So it was, it was ready, man. And young, you would get laughed at and clowned if you like struck out an enormous amount of time. So, uh, hand to eye coordination, definitely, I was blessed with that, but it was that mentality like, I'm going to fight tooth and nails to put the ball in play because I knew I had speed. So if I put the ball in play, it was going to give me a chance to get on base. But it was like tooth and nails, choke up, spread out, like visibly seeing me with two strikes try to try to do. It. And my two-strike swing from my 2-0 swing wasn't too much different either. Just <laughs> trying to hit it, put it in play. Wait, so I want to put a lid also on, on the rarity here of being in a song. Uh, first off, did you talk to Jay-Z or Beyonce? Have you ever had any communication with him or his team after the song came out? No, none. none. I so feel like if you're in a song, Juan, like they owe some communication at least one time to be like, you know, whether you have a number or someone on the team, you know, like on his team, like an agent, a manager, whatever, just being like, yo, thanks for doing what you do and helping us make a hit record. Yeah, make that happen for me, man. You, I can try. You, you got you got a little pool out there in New York or somewhere, right, man? Come on. I'm more. It's more this. Foul Territory has some pull now, right. so we can we can work on that on the music front because there's yeah, a couple other people we're trying to make that. music connections for. So and, he, and he's, he's in sports now. You have like Rockwood Sports. They have I know Jazz, yeah. Jazz Rock Nation. Yeah. Yeah. So we might may do a remix. Tell him to get a remix in. Stay tuned oh, on that. Stay tuned on that. Okay. Uh, I think he owes you a little message. Has no clue that I was in the song. <laughs> <laughs> well, how often have you heard that? How often have you run that back? And let's say you're having a shitty day. 
you just like throw that on there and be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to run bass like Juan Pierre. That's 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 it. <laughs> and it's like right in the beginning of the song. So like for the youngsters, it's good. It's like, all right, they don't have to listen to the whole song. Like, bro, it's right in the beginning, man. Dude, that is awesome. It is <laughs> yeah, really yeah. cool. All right, we're going to work on that and do some homework on that front. Cause, I, I mean, appreciate it. I don't want that to to go to waste, and you still hear that song, you know, like that's yeah, that's still played, still played a lot. Yeah, you, you hear it in my household for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. That should be your ringtone, your doorbell, the whole deal, right? You got the wrong guy. You got the wrong Juan Pierre. Yeah. If that if that Juan, if maybe he was talking about a different Juan Pierre. Like hablas more espanol or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, take us there. So, how often have you had people come up to you and try and you know talk to you in Spanish when you were playing, especially? Oh, it was it was probably three years into. It. Everybody thought I was Dominican, Dominican or Haitian. <laughs> um, and it wasn't to like the World Series. Came up with Colorado, and again, this is before like all the, the media coverage and all that. So, I mean, every game, the Dominican, hey, que paso, Bobby? I'm like, English, man. I like, from Louisiana, so I'm, I got like a slow draw English. Like, I'm like South English, you know? So, uh, funny story, because when we were winning the World, Se- uh, the World Series year, you know, guys used to catch cabs and win Ubers back then. So, in here in Miami, you know, it's a lot of Haitian um, cab drivers. So they'll be taking guys to the field that I know. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we call a cab to the field. They're like, oh, where are you going to the stadium? So they'll be like, oh, yeah. the cab driver, be like, oh, yeah, we have a we have a guy, we have a Haitian Creole guy that plays for tomorrow. And they're like, wow, really? Who is it? It's like, Juan Pierre. And the guys would just bust out laughing that I was driving. And the guys that knew me, they didn't have the heart to tell them that I wasn't, like, Haitian. <laughs> so it was a running joke when they would come to the field. So... But here in Miami to this day, a lot of Creole, a lot of Haitian people love me. So I'm like, I'm not going to break their hearts, man. <laughs> Someone with the Pierre, with the last name Pierre, somewhere down the line, I know I got Haitian and Creole and all that in me. So that's for sure. But yeah, it was a lot. I mean, for the three years, people thought I was Dominican. Like, for sure. You know what I mean? It's, it's funny because most of the guys uh, that I got close to, a lot of them were Dominican. So they was Juancito. They always called me Juancito. I was one seat though to them, so yeah, I got that a lot. He helped sell tickets, you know. How many oh, people when that da- what were down there going? Oh, I want to go see that that Dominican player. Yep, <laughs> there. Yeah, the whole Haitian, the whole Haitian community down in Miami was just like, just like we, we got oh, us yeah, one, Papi, We got we love we love one. We love this guy. <laughs> That's our guy. He's fast. He's a hustler. Yep. You yep. know. And tell their kids like you gotta hustle like Juan. You gotta do your schoolwork, all that. That's <laughs> it. That's it, man. Like, but but dad, I'm bilingual. Juan's not. <laughs> <laughs> I tried saying hi, telling him something in Spanish at the game. Yeah, do, he do had a blank that, look on his face. Yeah, right. <laughs> How do you think uh, in Miami um, the sport and really, I guess the team because the the baseball is popular there, like. How do you yeah. think popularity can rise more in Miami with the Marlins franchise? Because I feel like I don't want to say they tried everything. They've tried yeah. a lot and they can't get it to this status of filling up the ballpark and making it a main event. Yeah. I, I was down there, you know, when LeBron took over the city for a mm. while and you you just never saw that with any consistency with the Marlins. Sure. Like, you know, they've had a few good years. Right. Do you think that's possible? And if so, how do you do it? Like, does it have to be Otani? I've said this. Like, people are like, mm-hmm. how do you get it big? I go, 
Otani has to be playing there and they have to be the best team in baseball. Otherwise, there's so much shit to do. It's just hard. No matter where you put the ballpark, it's right. hard to get people to draw for 82 or 81. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely. And from what I've seen from just being down here since, because it's always been my all-season home, it's like, it's a winner, man. Like, if you don't win for the baseball side of it, like, they don't come, you know. And a lot of the fact that, I mean, it's usually the sixth borough here down here. Like, everybody's New Yorkers, usually that's down here. Or from a melting pot of, of other places, whether you're Dominican, Venezuela, Cuban. So it's not like they built up with this team. The team has been around. But, like, as they gain in steam, as far as being here long enough, then you have more uh, kids that grew up rooting for the Marlins and they might become Marlins fans. But like for the first 20 years, you know, guys will come, we'll play the Cubs. There'll be more Cubs fans here. Anytime you play the Mets, it will be more Mets fans. I think in the world series, I, I mean, it had to be 46 or maybe 50, 50 Yankees to Marlins fan. That was in the world series. And we didn't even get fans that year until like September. You know what I mean? Where we was like, all right, we're in the hunt. So I think it's just the winning part. Like you said, it's so much to do in the summertime. I mean, the stadium helped because it's not as hot. You don't, you don't get the hot and rain like you used to. But if you start winning, you know, I believe they'll come. But other than that, I I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe a Shotani will come here. And, and anyway, if you bring in the Shotani too, you're hopefully going to win some games as well. So if it's if it's not winning – what else can you do down there? Or is it just, this is just what you're going to do in the next stadium they build after this one is just going to be smaller and smaller? Like, is that, is yeah. that? Yeah, it's tough because, uh, like I said, like a, you got a more fan base coming because you got more younger kids that grew up. I get it now, like, because of the 20th year of the World Series. So a lot of guys, oh, yeah, I was five and six years old rooting for you guys, you know, and then their kids become Marlins fans like that where, you you know, you know, 93 is a still small organization because, you know, like, I mean, new organization for the Rockies, even Tampa, like none of these people like draw tremendous. Colorado draws pretty good, but Tampa doesn't draw, you know, the Marlins doesn't draw. So it's it's just going to take time, you know, um, but they, they got a lot. Of, I know they've drawn a lot more this year than years in the past because they had a winning product on the field. And they, they watch. They either watch on TV. I know all the Cuban people still listen to it on the radio. So it's a bit, definitely a big fan base. It's just they don't come literally to the to the stadium. From, and you saw with, it, with the World Baseball Classic, it was packed out. You know, you have like Dominican night or Venezuela night. It's packed out. They're out there just uh, putting the winning product on and um, uh, just, just, just continue to win. That's, a, that's pretty much it. I want to take you back to your playing days. So give me your favorite player that you either played with or against. Maybe you're someone you idolized. Then give me a player that drove you crazy and you can go in any direction there, whether he was just insane that you played with or that always <laughs> got you or you had a rivalry with. Give me some of the names that you, that stand out to you. Oh, man. Like players I played with, oh, man, like like great players, not like, Team, I got a different category teammates and like just great players as far as athletic and just do crazy stuff. I mean, the best I've ever played with was like Larry Walker. And I'm biased because I was like a rookie, like second year when I played with him. But this guy could do everything. He could hit for power, hit for average, throw guys out in the outfield, like sleep on the couch all day and then just get up there and hit like 
three-run bomb. Like, it, it was amazing just watching him. So it was him as far as player. Miguel Cabrera was another one. It's like this dude was 20 years old batting in the cleanup spot in the World Series. And, like, you just knew it. Like, it's no surprise he's had the career he's had because you've you seen it uh, earlier. Uh, craziest teammates probably was Dontrell Willis. He was <laughs> – oh, man, he was a, a position player in the pitcher's body. So he kept things loose, and um, he was one of my uh, – still one of my best friends to this day. But he was a crazy teammate uh, that I have. I have so many teammates, though, so it's it's crazy. Um, guy that drove me crazy. I, Randy Johnson was never a good at bat back in the day. When he was with Arizona, I mean, he was like 97. This one, everybody wasn't throwing 97, just like him and a couple other dudes. And I remember my first time facing him. Todd Hill and Larry Walker, all these guys was like not playing that game. I'm like, wow, what's going on? It's like playing the unit. Like, you want to play? I'm like, I'll play. I'm like two weeks into getting caught up. I'm like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I'm going to take every big league at bat I can get, you know. Um, so we go out there and I get like, this before scouting report, I didn't know anything about it. I was just going to play it. They batted me like eight that game. Got three hits off the unit. I'm like, oh, what are they talking about the unit at, man? So the next year, I start reading the scouting reports, and then I think I'm next time went like one for my next 20 off of them. <laughs> I was like, so <laughs> scouting reports. He just Sometimes it's good to just not know anything. Um, but Randy Johnson definitely was never a good at bat. Um, when I was with the Barnes, playing against the Braves, like they are now, the Braves seem to always be good. Always. They always put together a good team. Uh, it's always hard to win in Atlanta. They get that chop thing going, and it's just you go to bed listening to that stuff. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you hear that, like, just at bed at night. So those are some of the stuff. I mean, I can go on and on about players I play with and uh, and um, Cratchy doing this, like uh, Roy Holiday, like a guy that was just – I mean, he just knew everything about everything, man. He would be on the bus and the plane with a big book just going over every hit. Like, it was just amazing. This He was in the back end of his career as well. He was like, man, you still putting in that work. He was a guy I really respected from across, but then you got to play with him. Like, oh, I see why he's so good, you know. And he was hurt and banged up when we played with him, but he was still prepared and uh, really liked how he prepared himself for, for every day. Now you said Randy Johnson. You struggled. You struggled against him in your career. You have any idea who you got the most hits against? Who Who did you own? Own? Oh, man, you never like own anybody. Come on, um, Juan. You ain't facing him anymore. You owned him. I know I hit what's because it was like a Hall of Fame pitch. I know I hit Greg Maddox pretty good. I don't know what my numbers were against him, but I, I felt like I hit him decent. Who you got? You got somebody up there? You You saying something? I mean, Matt, Maddox was okay. I mean, for, for Maddox, it was 342. I mean, bigger names than that. We don't have any bigger names. Kurt Schilling, you were 385 against Woo. him. Let's go. Come on, man. I mean, but Levon Hernandez, how you going to do – hey, I know he wasn't your teammate, you know, when yeah. you guys were – Yeah, but he, I love you, Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the Miami love, and you own that, man. Oh, yeah. 28 knocks against him. Really? What was the bad guy? Evo, huh? 292, but a lot well, of knocks. And I faced him. Yeah. I think he was facing the most when he was with the Giants, and I was with the Rockies and Dodgers, I guess, out there. But leave okay. him. Leave on or now. I got to see him because he does travel ball around here, too. So uh, next time. Don't let I'm, him know. I, I will, yeah, I'll let him know. I'll mention it to him. 
Let just, know. just go up, give him a handshake, and say thank you. I just wanted to yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I never yeah. did that. I, I, I gotta find the print. I gotta do the printout sheet too. Like, uh -huh. so take a screenshot <laughs> on the computer and just bring it in, and you know, and say, "Hey, dude, just wanted to throw this at you. Let you know it's it's in yeah. stone. It'll never change. Nothing about yeah, yeah. I, I got you. <laughs> I got no bombs off of him though, so. That that stinks. Yeah, that, that's that'll fair. be his comeback. But that's fair. No, and you only, you only had one stake too. But you yeah. didn't. <laughs> that's not his job though. That wasn't his role. He Hansen always the score up. Hanson Bulls. Yep. Exactly. Hanson Bulls. Exactly. I don't need you. I don't need you to be a bull, Juan. I don't need you to be a. You bull. know what? Some teams need more ants. I'll tell you that. Oh, for sure. Uh, right now. Uh, nowadays. Oh my oh, goodness. For sure. One now. One that's why I think it's going to change. You know, and I think some of the teams that struggled even in this year where the, the rules really changed big time for the first time are, are adjusting. Like, I think like a prime example, like the Yankees, they're kind of an older team. They've yeah. said how they need to get more athletic. It's like, you yeah, know, shit. I mean, look yeah. at the way the game's being played now. Well, dude, it was great catching up with you. Um, appreciate it. I know you can get back to your, uh, your workout behind. What'd you call that? You can't go without acknowledging the shirts you got on, Kratzy. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I, I mean, there, nice. this, yeah, we, we can't get into it too much. I hope, um, I hope you know how much you meant in my career. Like yeah. I keep this shirt and I wear it. Like I coach high school baseball now mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, the word is hustle on the front, but what are you hustling for? You know, yeah. hustle yeah. for the cross hustle for 24 seven. It's not like, well, you know what? I'm a hustle for this two hours and 10 minutes of our high school game. <laughs> and I'll make sure my, I'm gonna make sure my drip is on lock no like it's yeah. and and what's cool is i can tell people Juan p gave me the shirt and it was beast mode you're mm. i don't know what the legal word of your because the whole marshawn yeah. lynch and yeah. everything but you started this and it's you know you lived it out you lived out you lived out what this shirt means and it's always just a a great story for me to tell to tell kids and be a be an example yeah, and I appreciated you, man. Um, we weren't teammates for long, but we had some real conversations, and, really, and that's why I love baseball. I love sports because you could get close to a person like it doesn't take a long time, you know what I mean? Because you with the person, you eat with them, shot like it, it. That's what the beauty of baseball is. And um, I always pull for you. I remember when you were in the playoffs, I shot you a text. I'm like, Kratzy, keep going, brother. You know what I mean? So. Uh, it's always good to, to, to catch up, and anytime you got anything going on, man, you let me know. I'll be there on time next time, on time. You were um, good. But uh, I really appreciate you and your family, and it's just been awesome to see how you've grown uh, as well, man. And it's 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 awesome to catch up and, and, and just do the, these type deals with you. No doubt. No and doubt. Now he's in the next phase of his career. And, and he's I a trend. media superstar now. I I, I'm not surprised because he yeah. had that gift for the gap. He did, he had that, and he has that like dry humor type stuff. Mm -hmm. He'll get you, he'll get you going too. And you believe it, and he's like, "I'm just messing with you." <laughs> <laughs> and he knows everyone. Yeah, and knows everyone. He's like me. He's been a journeyman a little bit, and he's a catcher, so he knows like the umpires. He knows. I was in the outfield. I don't know anybody. Everybody's like, "Oh no, I'm probably." Like, Bro, I had no interaction with the umpire. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I have no some of the. I know the bad ones' names, but other than that, I don't know uh, too many umpires. But when you're a catcher, you're immersed with the pitching staff, the players. Like you know everything. That's why most. I'm surprised you're gonna be a manager one day if you if you choose to. 
got to be home. Got to be home right now. And yep. I couldn't, and I got to say too, I couldn't wear the other article of clothing that Juan P got me. This one he just gave me. Yeah. I know nothing's free in life, but this was a free shirt. Juan P gave me my suit that I wear all the time. Oh. First, first dude to buy me a suit in the show. Wow. That's cool. cool. Yep. Yep. Pass it on. Man. Every, everybody passes it on. And Juan P, Juan P was like, we were in Cincinnati. He goes, mm. he goes, Hey, I got, what's his name? Dominique? No. Yep. 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 Dominique. Dominique. He said, mm. Hey, Dominique's coming into Cincinnati. He's like, I want you and I want you and Mayberry and see if Dom can come in, see if D Brown can come yeah. in. And bought yep. that man's suit. It is a, whew, it's, and, a it's a nice suit. Yeah, and they did it for me. And that's why baseball is, I mean, I think things are kind of lost in the shelf a little bit now because everybody's so young, you know what I mean? Or you don't have the veteran guy kind of taking care of you. You got like blind and blind now. But that's what it was. I remember Todd Hollinsworth, Terry Shelton brought me my first suit. And I was like, man, if I ever get in positions to do this, I, I will do this because it, it leaves an impact on you, you know? Well, yep. That's really cool. Yeah, you yeah. know, and we've asked guys about it. Um, so it, it's being right. It's being carried on, but it's like the the twenty six year old for the twenty year old. I know. Like what? And, and you know? they probably buy them like cut ripped up jeans now and stuff or something. Right, right. Maybe yeah, some the style has changed. They don't have to wear suits anymore, so it might nope. be a sports coat or something. You know, I know the one one year they gave the rookies like playstations or something. So I don't know. Which I don't hate that. No, no, hey. I mean, yeah, you don't want to just get them something that they're not going to use. Right, right. right. It's about yeah. a gift. Well, and they're all gamers, half of them now, too. So, yep. another story. But, Juan, awesome catching up with you, man. Appreciate your time. Thank you, guys, man. Anytime you need me on, man, I'm here for you. Loving what you guys are doing.